Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. down this wall. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. And what you going to do with Hulkamania? Say no to drugs. Eat my shorts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to the Bastards of Babylon episode three. Three times, Longhorn, three times we have had the Gemin three. The Gemin three. Uh, we've like had that. an episode. The Gemin. That's, that's, the, that's the gay three. That's the gay three. That's the, that's the white power three. Hold on. Yeah, white power three. It's also and the change up. And the Z German three. The German three. All right. Look, uh, look, episode three. Move on. Yeah. This hell of an <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Uh, we did an interview pre recorded and we're about to don't, play it for you now. Don't forget but, the shocker three. Don't forget the shocker three. <laughs> who can forget that? I promise you, if you ever had it done to you, you might right, forget go ahead. it. Go Ladies. Ahead. Nah. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, we did an interview with a uh, intersexual um, born hermaphrodite. His name was Joseph. You get that right? Joseph. Joseph Benedict. Yeah, and it was awesome. It was a great interview. Great interview. We pre-recorded it and we're about to bring it to you right now. And we really hope you enjoy it because we sure the hell did. We learned a lot and we hope that you learn a lot because, again, like my buddy says, we don't cancel. We invite. We want to have a conversation. Right. We had a hell of a conversation with this gentleman right here, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. All right, Bo Cephas, uh, it's time for us to pay off on this tease that we have been talking about for a couple of weeks. We are certainly excited uh, and thrilled to have a special guest with us, uh, Jessup Benedict. He is a uh, – is that a, I don't want to mess up the pronouns right off the bat. I don't want to end this – I don't want to start on a bad note, but – Actually, you know what, Jessup? It's probably going to be best if I just let you kind of take the first 60 seconds or so and, you know, fill in the audience, fill in our listeners on kind of why you're here, how you got here, uh, what you're passionate about. And then we'll, you know, I read your the blog that you sent me. It was fascinating. Uh, uh, needless to say, I've got a whole list of questions <laughs> that, I'd like, <laughs> that I'd like to get into. Uh, but, you know, as, as much as you feel comfortable with, Kind of filling the audience on on how we got to this point. All right, great. So I'm Justin Benedict. Um, I'm here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I've been an intersex advocate for over a decade now. Um, I became an intersex advocate because I found out I was born intersex, um, but I didn't find out until I was 45 years old. Um, we'll get into more of that story in a little bit, but um, let me explain. Um, First of all, I was born a hermaphrodite. So I had the genitals of both sexes and I procreated naturally. So that's the definition of a hermaphrodite. Um, but intersex is much bigger than that. Um, intersex is 
anybody that is born um, hormonally or chromosomally outside of the um, binary, the gender in this conversation, because we're going to be talking about sex and not gender. Gender is like how you identify. You feel like a man, you talk like a man, you are a man in your mind, right? So, and so that's your gender. Um, I don't claim a gender um, because when I found out that I was born with a vagina and it was surgically removed without my permission, um, or and then everybody lied about it, I, um, well, I got really mad first, uh, <laughs> but I became an intersex advocate. Um, for two years in the beginning, I thought that, well, maybe I need to live like a woman. And it's like, after two years, it was like, no, I'm not a woman. And it's like, but I'm not def definitely not a man. And it's kind of sexist the way I describe it. <laughs> and, and I remember from your story, um, you've, you had these questions, you know, from a very young age, you didn't feel uh, like you fit in, I think is the way you described it. Uh, you said that the surgery was done without your consent. I think, I think, uh, without your knowledge or consent, the surgery was done. And I'm, and I'm off memory. You say that typically the, when the surgery is done to, to young children who, uh, who are unfortunately born with, with both sex parts, it's easier. I'm assuming to go to make it, um, more of a male genitalia. Is, is that how Actually, I read that? No, more often they'll make it a female. And um, because like the doctors say, and I've seen quoted so many times, that it's much easier to make a hole than pull. That's right. That's, and, <laughs> I had it backwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so quite generally, though, they will um, make the child a, a female. Uh, and then, I mean, anything that you don't feel comfortable talking about, you just you just say, hey, well, that's, this that's... is what this is what I do. So, OK, OK, so I don't feel comfortable about I need something else to do. So <laughs> in your in your case, um, they I'm assuming they they made it more of a poll because because as you as you said already on here, you went on to father a child. Um, yeah. so is that a safe assumption that they, yep, they went, okay. Absolutely. Can, can you talk um, a little bit more about that? Um, well, when I was four, first of all, my parents disagreed on mm -hmm. whether I should be a boy or a girl. Um, so much so they got a divorce before I had my first surgery, which is why I didn't have my first surgery until I was four months old. Generally they do the surgery as soon as possible and it's cosmetic mm -hmm. surgery, um, evidenced by the fact that I lived four months as a normal baby um before they did any surgery but after the divorce my mother got custody and she wanted a boy so because mm -hmm. she wasn't going to have a girl that was born with a penis and my dad wasn't going to have a boy that was born with a vagina and back then the actual definition that they called it was extreme micro what was it extreme hypospadias with micro penis mm -hmm. And, you know, can't figure a father would be really proud about, hey, here's my boy. Right, <laughs> right. So he, he, they, they, they went against it. Well, you know, I got to put myself in their shoes because otherwise I'm going to hate them. And, you know, you got to try and figure out where they were coming from when they made these decisions about my life. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. I'm still pissed off. On they lied about it until they died. But um, I got to put myself in their position when that happened. So anyway, um, my mother won, moved, 
major Colorado where Children's Hospital was really doing this a lot. And um, they surgically removed the vaginal canal and um, anything that would have been the clitoris or, or the, the labia, excuse me. Um, and when I was born, my penis was where the clitoris is usually found. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys being guys don't know where the hell that is, but oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> come on now. That, that joke's for the girls in the audience. I, I'm offended. At least one. <laughs> I'm offended. I'm offended. I've found it at least once or twice in my life. <laughs> but anyway, so it was down there and they surgically moved it up to where it's more traditionally found and made it bigger. Um, Still didn't, you know, if you're going to make it bigger, like, come on, guys. Um, All right. But put, a, anyway, put a hog on there if you're going to make it bigger. Right? Like, come on. But they didn't. <laughs> um, but the problem is, is um, the urethra has to be extended and moved up. And that's where the problem is because that gets all sorts of holes in it. And over the years, I had six other surgeries to um, correct holes that developed as I went along. Okay. Uh, okay. So, and, and um, I know that there's discrepancies on the percentage of people that, that um, are born with this. Um, I know that you cite the 1.7% the number mm -hmm. uh, in, in your blog. Um, I've, I've, I've I read that. I've, I've actually seen that same study. And I know that, and, and I don't want to bog down with, with the numbers. It's a very small amount either way you look at it. But I know that some, some people, when you apply it more Precisely, the number gets much, much lower than the 1.7. Either way, it's a very small uh, amount of people who are uh, who are afflicted with this. Um, and I certainly have, you know, yeah. let me give empathy. you numbers real quick. All okay, right. go ahead. Real quick, because 1.7% um, is the intersex umbrella, which covers the all the hormonal and genetic differences. Okay. Um, 0.5% is the percentage of children that are born um, where their sex cannot be determined by visual inspection. Um, and that 0.5% works out to 7.9 million people because there's 7.9 billion people in America now. So just shy of 8 million children are born in a way where sex cannot be determined by visual inspection. And okay. those are the ones who receive surgery. But the 1.7% is 139 million people. When you put it on the 7.9, uh, the 7.9 billion people in America, that makes, or in the world, excuse me, there's 139, 36 million intersex people alive today. Okay. Very and, and of these 139 million, um, although difficult to um, to at first sight, or I know there's chromosomal you know differences and, and the whole spectrum there, of these 139 million that are on this spectrum, it, it's still it, they can only either produce sperm for, to create a baby or carry a baby. Am I, is that right? Uh, not a hundred percent, because there okay. are hermaphrodites like myself. And when they did my surgery, they forgot to remove my ovaries. So I actually have functioning ovaries and I have a period every month and it, it bleeds out through fistulas to my colon. So really? I, yeah, I have a fistula from each ovary to my colon and I have a period and I bleed through my colon. And if I eat corn or nuts before my period be by accident, my belly button will turn black because all the blood backs up. 
Oh my, that's amazing. Okay, but so, even but even they still, not messed with me. They, if they had not messed with you, you would have been able to carry a baby. Yes, but well, not but but not produce a baby like with yeah, sperm. Yeah, still because they didn't change anything there. Um, mm. They told me that there was no way in the world that I would ever produce a child, and they were like, yeah. You know, if I had put ads on Bill, he said like three trillion to, to one that I so, would be that you would child. go ahead, Bo Sebas. Just a quick question then. So you naturally have ovaries, but obviously to produce a child you have testicles as well, right? Right. My assuming too much okay. Yeah. Yep. And I, and again, like my buddy said, however comfortable you are sharing like if your ovaries obviously are on the inside, like, you know, a woman and then your testicles, I'm yeah. assuming are on the outside. Correct. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, it really could have went either. Now at the time of the surgery, you know, obviously being that young, you know, all of our, all of our packages are like quarter size, right? When you're, I mean, we've, you know, we've all been around little boys well, and, they, child I, diapers I, and stuff. I'm amazed they can do that surgery. I'm amazed they can do surgery on a child that age. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but I mean, they do heart surgery or anything else on kids that that small. So they, I mean, doctors are amazing at what they can and can't. You know, yeah, they are. They, they're they really are amazing. Yeah. I'm just I was just curious about so because everything that I read about hermaphrodites is, you know, they can't have both parts or whatever. But sometimes they have, like you said, both. Or sometimes they have. I don't know. I've read and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've read kind of like their ovaries can can develop into um, full-grown ovaries well, yeah. or they can go away or... What you're talking about is ovotestes, which yes. are what yes. you have before you either have ovaries or testicles. Um, you will either, you'll have ovotestes and then they either become ovaries or testicles. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you so, for correcting me. Yeah. So the common so, understanding is that there's no way to have both because it had to be one or the other. That was my so, understanding. So just a... Justin, I really want to just I, because you just blew my mind with the whole uh, that you. I want to I want to bear down this. You're saying that with the surgery, they can for for people at least with your exact condition, they can make you to where you can become to where you can produce sperm to create life. Or if they'd have gone the other way with the surgery, that that you would have been able to carry a baby to full term. Um. Uh, and deliver they, and deliver had they not done surgery on me um yes um so same, same odds either true. way um like like well, i said you would never be able to produce a kid so but would they give you the same odds well, by way, then like, my vagina well, by then they felt they had taken all of the female parts away the but, ovaries were just overlook or they hadn't developed or something but um it could also be a case where I was Chimera and we were actually, there was actually twins and um, we came together in the womb. And as some say, I ate my twin. Um, right. It could have been my twins over, but we'll never know. So, because the medical community won't pay to find out. Right. So, is it your understanding, though, that like, like you said, it was like a trillion to one or whatever that you could make a kid as a man would have been the same odds? That you could have carried a kid to full term as a woman, do you think? Would they probably could have give, gave you the same odds either way? Yeah, I'm sure they would have. They would have told him. Okay. Yeah. 
they probably, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would, it would have been, they would have told me the same thing either way. Yeah. But, and do uh, you have, I know you said that you had the ovaries. Do you have uh, the rest still of the, of the female parts it takes to, like no. the, 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 you don't have the fallopian tube and the, okay. So, okay. So, and was that there before the surgery or no? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. That's I just the medical I, records about how they took it out of there and it's horrifying. So. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, so, well, I don't want to, you know, that you threw me a curveball. I wasn't kind of not expecting that. So right. I, I, I spent <laughs> a little bit more time on that than I, that I imagined. But uh, I want to, before we run out of time, I want to make sure that we get to, because like I said, all the empathy in the world to your situation, but uh, I need to get how you feel about what's going on in society today with how the transgender movement is becoming much more outside the realm of a very small amount, even though, you know, when you extrapolate out to the, to the world, it's 139 million, but still in the grand scheme, it's a very small amount of people. How do you feel about the transgender movement that's going on with fully functioning, fully sexually developed and healthy, quote unquote, little boys and girls who are, um, you know, being, you can use the word co coerced. You can use the word, um, um, Entice, yeah. whatever word you want to use. How do you feel about the movement that's going on now with fully functioning and fully quote unquote healthy little boys and girls? See, and, and that's still a slippery slope because, you know, <clears throat> according to the Genetic and Rare Disease Information Center, there's 10 different ways that the um, X and the Y can combine. So, I mean, unless you've actually had medical, um, like, the word, uh, and uh, karyotype, unless you've had your karyotype done, you don't know. There's a whole lot of people that found out they were inter intersex because they went to 23 and me. Um, but the whole thing is that um, of these 8 million children that were surgically um, assigned sex, um, a large portion of those were in the United States. 6 million to be exact. Mm -hmm. So 6 million of those children, and then if you think of this, the option of A, not doing surgery, being an option, B, boy, C, girl, you got three options, you got a 33% chance of getting it correct, right? So if you got a 33% chance of getting it correct, you got a 66% chance of getting it wrong. So if they get it wrong 66% of the time, they are surgically creating 349,000 transgender children in America and then passing laws against them without their knowledge or consent. What laws? Uh, the laws against um, treating gen transgender children with hormones and things like that. Okay, so you're, so again, you're, you're specifically coming from this group that was identifiable by sight or some sort of test that I would assume you would only get if you had some sort of questions. My, my question is about the VAT, like just put it, putting it into classrooms for no specific rhyme or reason other than to kind of, you know, force an agenda. How do you feel like uh, oh. statistically okay. a classroom of 30 kids is going to have zero one. or maybe one. One. Yeah, one? How do you feel about subjecting? It's as common as, it's as, common as red hair and green eyes. 
Red hair is 1.7% of the population. Green eyes is 1.7% of the population. Intersex is 1.7% of the population. Yeah. If you know somebody that has red hair or you know somebody that has green eyes, you know an intersex person. They just don't feel safe with you. So they don't tell you that. And that's why you don't know that who that person is. But here's the problem. The reason why my parents did my surgery to make me one or the other is because they knew society would beat the hell out of me. They would sexualize me and they would never ever let me be myself. I wouldn't be allowed to use the bathroom. I wouldn't be able to go out in public. I wouldn't be able to participate in sports. So that's why my parents had the surgery. And that's why most parents do the surgery. They're doing the surgery because they're afraid of your children. But that's well, that's the 0.5%, right? Like that's the 0.5% that are yeah, in your case. That's that, the eight, 8 million, the 6 million American uh, children. Yes. Right. So, so, so what about the rest of them that get, that get exposed to that um, sexual education, quote unquote, at a very young age when it's very, their, their brains aren't developed as that can be. And if it, if it becomes, I don't know, um, something that's celebrated, something that can be, you know, and and being mistreated, no matter if it's a sexual um, difference or hair color, whatever it is, that's obviously horrible. And kids are, are mean and they do horrible things. But when but forcing it into a classroom where most of them won't need this and you're confusing them with that sexual, you know, education at a young age, I don't I mean, you don't see any side effects or downside to the kids that who have no clue about this they right. don't have this they don't have this affliction at all right and they're just going to be confused and, so and i would he, i would he, think it would cause more problems honestly for for the right. for the one child that's that, that's dealing with it by not teaching acceptance and and you can do that without that sexual time. education you can do that and without that getting into the right. into the details well, absolutely all you can do is say there's boy and there's girls and there's others or or just is that well, so hard to ask? is that hard hard to ask it's very confusing like i mean Why? adults they adults can barely understand yeah, boys or girls because because they know yeah. whether they're a boy or a girl no they were told whether they were a boy or a girl well come on they were i mean, I mean and they're like 99.99 percent right when they're when they're told they're 99.9 percent right for the most part well, close enough. <laughs> it's a rounding area, but but I guess I guess my, here's my question: Why? Because it, it's a it's something that you have to deal with. Certainly, if if you're afflicted, and the parents of that child need to be all over this from the very beginning, because that child's going to be confused and not understand what's going on with his or her body, and he will he or she will need that guidance from uh, his or her parents for sure. Well, but guess what? There is no such thing as an intersex psychiatrist. There are no psychiatrists for parents or children of intersex children. Not one. Well, there maybe there should be. <laughs> uh, hey, hello. I mean, maybe there and, should be, but and but, my, but my point is, what, hold on. No, maybe the parents should go through the same thing that transgender person has to do before changing and assigning a sex, and that's two years of therapy. They have to go through two years of therapy and get three signatures from different doctors that say that they are allowed to have this surgery. The parents should be made to go through two years of therapy and get three different doctors to sign off and say that this child needs a surgery before they're allowed to do surgery on intersex children. So I remember from your blog, you talked about you don't, you, and you said it already today, that you don't think that there should be a surgery until much later in the child's development. Is that correct? Not until the child can decide. 
Okay, not till the child can decide. So up until the child can decide, what is the child, I mean, what will the child do until then? How will, well, he, how will he or she live his life? Well, they will just be whatever and you let them be and they can play with whatever color or toy or, or wear whatever clothes they want. They right. So my so, so then my question would and be why can't can go to school and get their ass beat by your kids? No, not ass beat by the neighbor's kids. I promise you. I promise you. All the kids are getting their ass beat. All the kids are getting their ass beat. But not for but, not let, allowed to participate in sport or use the bathroom. Well, why can't they? If they can do, if they can wait till later to make up their mind on which sex they want to be and which surgery they want to have, why can't they just? Why can't we all just take that same theory? not force the education on the young kids and then wait until later to to address it whether surgically or educationally wait till they're in high school maybe when their brains are more developed i don't understand so, the gain of forcing that into a class <laughs> i mean you remember being five like i mean kids don't yeah, they can't handle this kind of this kind of thing yeah you're different but but oh. you're in, in this case you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to um think outside of just your unique situation there are well, other also, kids involved but I'm there's other okay and so i know what five is like absolutely so so you would recommend sexual education of any type at the at no. a young age of five no i didn't say of any type i mean you, why not because they don't understand chromosomes and biology exactly so you can absolutely tell them that there are others at that age yes of course can't they read you? they read books like that of course that no, i didn't say i didn't say that you can't have you know empathy as a child no because they're saying that no because in florida they're saying you can only either say boy or girl you cannot say others no it's they no allowed. they say that the florida bill says that you can in the curriculum you cannot teach about the trans the transgenderism in the curriculum it's, it has nothing. It doesn't say anything about being able to talk to children. Certainly not the way that we've discussed here of, of just the, the normal human empathy way. It has not, there's no laws against that. Um, where it gets into a, the slippery slope and the tricky situation is when you have teachers taking the liberty to teach a whole classroom full of people where most of them are not going to have this affliction and most parents are not going to want their kids to know about it at that young of an age when they cannot handle it. It's only going to confuse them and I and I feel like those parents have the right to to teach their children to be empathetic to all others, no matter what their afflictions are, but also to not be not getting a a lesson on transgenderism at age five. I think there's a median there that we can all agree on well, and, yeah, and all be happy with. Like last week, a uh, teacher here in Las Vegas showed a uh, fourth grade class a a video anti-abortion video about where the children were in a play performing as if they were being aborted and uh so absolutely there are things that are inappropriate that are being showed by teachers there's no doubt about that okay okay um uh, so, Bo you got anything you want to yeah so i just want to get your opinion then on um if you look at the generational chart right which i don't know when you were born um but if you look at the generational chart from baby boomers to gen x which we are to uh um, mm -hmm. the next generation I, I think it's the millennials the gen z gen z yeah so mm -hmm. it's basically what like from transgender identifying from baby boomers is like two percent to us it was like four percent 
to the millennials, 8% to now with Gen Z, it's 20% of this, uh, generation. Yep. And as an odds maker well, myself, and I'm glad that too. Well, sorry, as an odds maker myself, I'll just tell you that there's no possible way that a population in any country or any dynamic grows over double like that by generation for something that is uh, not of the norm of the population. Now, was it bigger than the 1% for uh, the baby boomers? Absolutely, right? They weren't comfortable coming out and doing all those things, right? But did it grow to 20% because of naturality or did it grow to 20% at this point because it's just the hip thing to do and it gets some hits on social media and it gets some attention in the classroom and all those those sorts of things. Like That's kind of where my issue with it is with this generation is it because people like you who have had a real struggle, obviously you've had a real struggle with your life from you know your parents' choices to the choice that, you know, you weren't given that you, you know you should have been given and from i'm sure you went through therapy and all that kind of stuff and man really i do empathize well, with your situation no intersex therapist well i mean i'm sure you went there through no you, you went through so. a lot of emotional you know problems i'm sure through your life and you yeah. had to deal with like you said you had all to deal right. with a lot of things and i all right. just wonder <laughs> like you're good so why somebody like you who's actually had to go through this you've had no choice you had no choice in the matter none you were born this way mm-hmm. your parents made a choice these kids today on social media are just doing it because it's cool right i mean i mean i i'm currently dating a teacher there's some days that boys come in and say yeah i'm a girl and then two weeks later they're, they're a boy again like that kind of just fluency as kids like that's not a real thing that's not a real thing and I, no, but if they want to explore it, who are they hurting? If they I'm, not saying, I'm not saying they're hurting anything, but my point is we're, we're taking that as a society and treating it like it should be taken super serious when, you know, it's, it's just kids are fluid no matter what. The kids are fluid. Right. I, mean, I want to be, I want to be well, a fireman thing you, and I want to be a police right, officer right. and then I want to be a baseball right. player right. and then I ended up, you know, I am when I am like, if we took kids serious right. when they're so, five years old, six years old, the whole world would be full of, you know, firemen and princesses. Like, they're kids. Yep. They're just kids. So, yep. Yep. like, they're Absolutely. taking away from your actual movement from what, what should be taken seriously, what should we should be empathetic towards, and what, to your point, we should have therapists for. They're taking away from that right. movement. Well, by just I'm not willing to discriminate to, against anybody to promote my own agenda. It's not and discrimination. I'm just saying, like discriminate against somebody to. Well, yeah, it is. Like you'd say that you should exclude these people from your circle because they're riding on your. Country. It's not exclusion. And they might be, but but take in fact. All right, a couple things here. First of all, the percentage of how it rises. Back in 1950, nobody was left-handed. They even have books on how to correct left-handedness in children. And now 10% of the population is left-handed because it became acceptable to be left-handed. All right. So Ted Williams was left-handed in 1942. was the best hitter in that Major League Baseball. He hit, four, he hit over 400 as a left-hander. He's like a three, three seven, yeah, or 364 you know? career hitter, left-handed. What are you talking about? Ty Cobb was yeah. the greatest hitter of all time in his generation. He was left-handed. Who wasn't left-handed? Look it up. 
I don't have to look it up. I know the I know the facts. No, I'm not talking about Ty Cobb. I'm saying look up how to correct left-handedness. I'm telling but, you, but even still, you saying Babe got, Ruth was a, left-handed for Christ's sakes. <laughs> but even still, look, let's the not get bogged down on this. Of all not... time was left-handed. Right. What are you talking about? What are no, you talking about? I don't about? know what year. All right, we're I'm running out. Sure what year. We're, we're running out of time. Babe we got Ruth we got six minutes left. All right, Luke Gary was left-handed. All right, if you could let me make one more point here, all right? Go ahead. I had these surgeries that I never knew about. My parents lied about, and I only found out about it because I was dying. How many people do you think that are transgender, 349,000, that had these surgeries and don't know that they had these surgeries and think they're transgender? So I cannot exclude the transgender community. Well, I don't know how many. How many? Nine thousand people had so surgery. There's three hundred forty-nine thousand that have that had surgery and didn't know it. No, there's six million that had surgery and don't know it. There's six million people walking around that had transgender surgery and didn't know it when they were infants. They had sex assignment surgery. That's the whole point I've been trying okay. to make. Maybe we'll have to bring 0.5%. you on to, to dig into that a little bit more. But no, no, I, I, I remember, we're running I out of time. That. But let me ask one more question. Okay. So let, let me Go ask ahead. you about, we, got, we got five minutes, Bo. So what about somebody like Bruce Jenner? Uh, or or uh, Leah, Leah Thomas. Um, now let's go with Bruce Leah Jenner because Bruce Jenner did the whole thing. Right. Right. He was, he was yeah. I mean, you're his generation. He was literally on a Wheaties box. He was the greatest athlete in the whole yeah. world. And Absolutely. now he says he's a woman. And who like am I to argue with? Yeah, who but he could, he could say he's a bear, and you could say the same answer. That doesn't no. answer the – like, he could say, I'm a bear, and you could just say, well, who am I to say? We know he's not a bear, though. So to the question, well, I know how do what you a feel? bear looks uh, like, and I know what a woman looks like. And, I know what a, I know what a that, male decathlon winner looks like, too, and it was Bruce Jenner. Right, but does that what, <laughs> does what, that what Bruce like. Jenner looks like, looks like today? Or just, no, yeah, and I, like I think that – yeah, right, so and, they look like a woman. And he's and he's got the the Kardash, Kardash, uh, Kardashian but lips. They, I, but <laughs> they're, they're they're like the, the worst the worst example of a transgender person ever. Okay, I'm glad yeah. that you. So okay, so so you, you don't. So okay, that's a, that's that's good. So <laughs> that's you awesome. don't like that. So you so when a fully like like now let me take it to Leah Thomas. So like she or he whatever has said. He's attracted to women still. Still has his fully yep. developed man part. It's probably a giant dong bigger than mine, and he gets a, <laughs> and he gets a change in the locker room with women and get naked with them when he's attracted to women still. That to me, and I think that's we're running out of time, but I think that's if we could find a happy place. I think it's somewhere between empathy for your situation for sure. 100%. And then separating your situation from people that are trying that are trying to take um, taking advantage of that and then somehow in the middle there keeping it out of the classroom five-year-olds for sure who are influential and don't have the frontal lobe development to understand the difference um now before we let you go uh we only got a couple minutes left joseph tell the people anywhere you want to direct them to get more information uh if you got a website that you want to promote a book whatever you know take take the next couple minutes or whatever and 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 right. say what you want to say. And thank you. Thank right. you uh, so much for coming on. Thank and thank you. So you yes, for hey, sure. The pleasure is all mine. And thank you so much for having me because I know we don't 100% agree on everything when we right. started out. Well, that's the point. <laughs> so, that's the point. But, yeah, that's yeah, the point. Absolutely. So, and I appreciate you letting me be here, Bill. Yes, sir. Um, 
my show, I do an internet show um, live every Saturday, but it's also always available on every platform and it's the original Intersex Connect Live. And um, Google it, it's on YouTube and Facebook and you can watch the show on anything. It's on Apple iPod and, and something else. Anyways, it's on all the platforms. Um, the original Intersex Connect Live. Where can and, they go to read your that's blog? The there you go. Uh, my blog is on the patient porthole, and I lost contact with it, to be honest. Um, it used to be you could do where does God want me to pee, and that might actually <laughs> still work. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, I think oh, they that. changed it to the medical, the medical side of transgenderism is what I think it is. And that's mm -hmm. under my name, Jeff, because... Um, when I tried to be a woman, I was Jess, and when I was Jeff, and then I just put them both together and said, both of these freaking people. So, well, <laughs> again, thank you for doing this. This was awesome. Uh, if, if this ever comes up again, I know that we can count on you to come back and chop it up with us and have a good time. So, Absolutely. thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And we'll put your uh, information, send that to Longhorn so we can make sure we can put it in the description of the show so we can direct everybody to your website and your blog and uh, Absolutely. your. Um, live broadcast every Saturday. Great. All that right. was awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thank so you. Much. See you. Bye. All right, boys and girls, we hope you enjoyed that interview uh, as much <laughs> as we did. Uh, Longhorn, I got to say, Man. I learned a lot. Oof. I learned a lot. What were we your. both uh, learned a lot. Yeah. What were your main takeaways? Uh, well, first, my main takeaway would be like it was. Just, I can't be more um, pleased that 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 Jess have had the courage to come on and tell a story. That was just a fantastic interview. I uh, look forward to much more things like that to come here on the Bachelors of Babylon. But I, I mean, as you can tell from the very jump, he threw me for a uh, Jess threw me for a huge loop when he said uh, that that he still has a period. Uh, so that was my that was a huge takeaway, and then. You know, we got into a little bit back and forth about the whole he can produce and has produced an off offspring with his sperm. And then and then his claim is that he could have also carried to full term a child. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily believe that. Um, well, but to be you fair, know, he said same. I, I did clarify because you know, he said him a trillion what odds he'd ever have a kid. So I said, do you think they give you the same right. trillion to one? You could carry a baby to full term. He did say, yes, probably same trillion to one. So he even he did yeah. not say that it was very likely. He just said it was possible. Right. Yeah. It just, but still, I, that, those two things I was not expecting. I, like I said in the interview, I read, his, I read Jeff's blog, and um, none of that came up. So that was, that was interesting to uh find out and i think that we i think throughout the the course of the interview we found some sort of median common ground maybe that we could all kind of land in the middle and at least have a conversation and, and feel comfortable about it on both sides so uh that was that was really enjoyable to me and and again i really hope that we get much more of that uh in the future here on the bastards yeah i mean i think 100 percent um you know I, th I thought it was very interesting that he said that he you know once he found out um 
you know, he tried to live his life as a woman for two years. And then he realized that was not for him. Right. That wasn't, that wasn't his way. Um, I thought that was very fucking interesting that he, you know, gave that a shot. And then he was, you know, I'm not saying willing to admit, but like he, he literally gave it a shot. It's like, now nah, I'm, I'm, you know, I think, I think exact words is I'm not really, I said, I'm not a woman. I don't really feel like a man, but I'm definitely not a woman. Something mm-hmm. in between. And given his situation, I totally understand. I mean, when you're born with a penis and a vagina. Oh, by the way, uh, kudos to him on the uh, clitoris joke. Like that was fucking, <laughs> that was gold. I felt, I, I felt the sting to you on that one. Like, uh, I think he was talking directly to you mm-hmm. on that one. <laughs> he was looking at me when he said that. And I, I really don't <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was directed right at me, and I took it as a shot at me. But um, yeah, wasn't that far from the truth either. It's shockingly enough, you know. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, it happens. Uh, they're yeah. hard to find. Sometimes they're hard to find. I Where think that I think clitoris is a German it's word for that thing that was just in there. Out? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I do. I I would say that I was shocked at myself that. You know, uh, through all this discussion, I was listening to you guys for the most part. I mean, I interjected a little bit, but I mostly just got upset because he suggested that people weren't supposed to be left-handed. And that really offended, you know, my baseball background and the fact that, you know, he was trying to diminish Ted Williams and, you know, Babe Ruth and some of the greats that were mm-hmm. left-handed, but he brought up a story from the 50s. I'm like, <laughs> buddy, there were a lot of people before the 50s that were really fucking badass and were left-handed. But anyway, uh, I think that was the only part that I actually got loud. So I was proud of myself for that. But overall, I mean, like you said, I think we found some common ground. I did really appreciate the fact that, you know, when I brought up uh, Bruce Jenner, that he said that's like the worst example of a transgender person. I was like, thank you. Thank you for agreeing with that because it is the worst fucking example because that's exactly the people who we're talking about that are trying to preach to and I know he didn't want to go all in on, you know, some of the people that are, are just jumping on this movement because it's the thing to do. It's a new thing. And I gave him the stats, you know, baby boomers. It's like less than 2%, you know, identified as that. And then our generation, Gen X is 4%. And then uh, the millennials is 8%. And now it's up to 20% with Gen Z. And just that's not how 20. populations work. Yeah. But I did come across that and say that I will admit that maybe it was more than 2% of baby boomers. They just weren't comfortable coming out. That's that's sure. definitely more than fair, but still it hasn't grown to 20%. It's just, it's the thing to do because it's the thing to do. And my whole point, and I understood him kind of rebuking it, but my whole point was, and I don't know if it came across in the interview, so I'll state it now, that the people that are doing it because it's the thing to do, to me belittles, you know, what he's gone through in his life because he's had real struggles mentally, emotionally. I mean, how you don't have empathy for a person like that. Like if you don't have empathy for him, there's something wrong with you. But to me, if you're going to jump on that movement, like you brought up Aaliyah Thomas, just to fucking, because it's the thing to do or try to get ahead. Like you're, you're just a piece of shit. Like you're a piece of shit. My personal opinion. Piece of shit. But agreed, you know, but I do understand him rebuking 
you know, my opinion on that because he's he doesn't want to, you know, like in, in his own words, he's not going to who am I to judge or I think that's what he said, who am I to discriminate against those people. That's the way they feel. And I understand his perspective because he's in that, you know, spectrum or whatever, but I'll stand up for him and I'll say he fucking should. He fuck if I was in his I'd fucking resent the shit out of those people. I would resent the shit out of those people just fucking glomming on to something that I've had to deal with my whole life emotionally and mentally. And you just fucking show up when they say, ah, I'm, I'm a fucking chick and I'm just going to fucking swim and beat all your asses or like that. Uh, who it wasn't, was it surfing? I think it was surfing. I saw like last week, some dude showed up. He's a surfer now and he's beat all the fucking chicks or whatever. Like, and I understand it's all these fucking French sports at this moment, but again, I'm still living my dream. I'm still hoping for my dream that, one day, fucking ball sack, bam, right in the face on the WNBA court. Just fucking sack them. Ball sack them right in the face mm-hmm. as they fucking slam a mamma jamma. <laughs> like, there, I'm hoping that that there's happens. Probably, there's probably a porno of, of that you could find somewhere that, that'll, well, that'll If there wasn't, there probably is now. Uh, but, again, mm-hmm. my point is, and maybe just because I'm wired differently is, you know, I, I just would not have empathy for somebody that has not went through something that I personally struggled through when I actually had to struggle through it. Like I, I'm, I'm going to resent you for claiming that you're struggling through it when I know goddamn good and well. I mean, let's be honest. Bruce Jenner was the fucking greatest athlete on the fucking planet. And now all of a sudden he's a fucking chick just because he married some fucking crazy chick and the Kardashians ruined every man's life. Literally every fucking man's life that they come into contact with a, they fucking ruin them all. And yet he's going to have, which again, he didn't. He said, that's the worst example. So, and I thanked him. I thanked him for saying that because it is the worst fucking example. And I, 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 if, if I'm in this position, I could not fucking tolerate those people. I just could not do it. I couldn't do it. How do you, how do you get on that list to be ruined by a Kardashian? I need to get on that. ASAP. <laughs> Because I'm ruining my shit anyways. I might as well have a Kardashian on the way up. Oh, man. You ain't fucking lying about that. Holy shit. Uh, I, sent, I think I sent you that, uh, <laughs> you and Dom, that uh, meme of the, was it Kaylee's starting five or whoever who it was? Like all those fucking all-star mm-hmm. NBA players that she's ruined their fucking lives. Devin Booker was the latest on the list. Whew, that dude turned to mm-hmm. a bitch quickly. And he, that kid has got some talent. So I hope he rides himself and gets off that list. I'm glad Stay away, Luca. Oh God, Luca! Please, please stay Luca, away. Please, I don't. Even, have you looked at the Mavs score now? How are they doing? Yeah, yeah, they're blowing them out. They're winning. The Mavs are winning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Game five coming up. Yeah, we'll see That'll how that death blow. Goes. We'll see That'll how that be goes. the death blow. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of hoping that it's a good interview. That oh, was a great interview. Uh, great, and and we'll. Just so everybody knows, uh, we're going to put all – he he does a um, – I think he said a web show uh, every weekend, every Saturday. We're going to tag all that into the uh, information of this episode. Uh, we're going to tag his blog. Every, every information that he sent us, we're, we definitely want you guys to go look him up. We want you to read his story. We want you to watch his uh, podcast or whatever he does. I think, he didn't call it a podcast. He called it a web show. 
Um, it's a web show. It's called the Original Intersex Connect Live. So, we'll, yeah. like you said, we'll link it up. We'll link it up at, with this one and uh, check him out if you if you want more of his uh, his story. He, he's definitely worth listening to. I promise you that. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. might not agree with everything he said, which we obviously didn't. But you know what, guys? That's kind of that's the point of this whole show. The point of this whole show is not to fucking bring on people or just talk to ourselves, which we're going to agree with most of the time It's to interact with other human beings in a real set, not a fucking bullshit Twitter bot fest fucking setting, not fucking red versus blue and all this other bullshit. It's a real fucking conversation because until we start having real conversations and we, and I know, I know, that Longhorn people are going to watch this. They're going to watch the interview. And some people are going to say, oh, those fucking two guys, they're assholes. <laughs> this guy's speaking the truth, right? And then other people are going to walk, oh, that fucking guy's mm-hmm. a weirdo. Why don't he just listen to them? And we don't want either one of them. They were too we, soft on him. They were too soft. And and we don't want either one of those. That We want really <sighs> everybody to watch and listen to each side. And the goal is to say, hey, they both have a fucking point. They both have a fucking point. Neither side is all the way right. Neither side's all the way wrong. Somewhere in the fucking middle is the truth because that's that's literally almost always the fucking case. You could be arguing about politics, fucking religion, anything, sports especially, which we do all the time, and somewhere in the fucking middle is the actual fucking truth. Somewhere in the middle. Almost yeah, and, always. And, and- and in those 40 minutes, we kind of did. I mean, it took every bit of the 40 minutes, but finally at the end, I think we found somewhere in the middle that we could all, you know, kind of live and, and, um, and um, at least agree to, to, you know, slightly agree or slightly disagree at that point. So, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Let's do more of that. That's the whole point. That's, what, that's why we have this. We used to be able to actually have these conversations. Inter- the Internet, social media is not real life. People don't talk to each other the way they talk to, to each other on on social media. When you get on face-to-face, you have actual conversations and you're actually interested in what the other person has to say, you can find common ground and you can um, you can agree to disagree. I mean, we, we could have fought the whole time, but then at the end of it said, you know what? I, I, you didn't convince me of anything. I still respect you as a person and we'll just, we'll, we'll try again next time, you know, but, but we actually did find some common ground. So I think that was awesome. Yeah, and we, and we didn't agree totally on everything, obviously. <clears throat> but if, when you watch the interview, you'll see. I mean, you've already watched it, obviously, if you're still fucking watching. So you saw that, you know, even though we disagreed, you know, at the end of the day, we we thanked him so much for coming on, and we, we were, we're truly thankful. And, man, we're I'm sure we'll have him on again because, you know, this issue is not going anywhere, right? This is where our society is evolving to. And, you know, it was, it was just really eye-opening to me to see somebody that has had, had to go through what he's had to go through, right? And I understand, you know, what he said when, you know, my parents could have let me grow up and get the shit kicked out of me because, you know, and he didn't, he didn't say it in this words, but I had a dick and a pussy. And, you know, I could have got made fun of the locker room and this and that. That's what he was alluding to, obviously. And 100%, they could have. Right, but they chose not to. Now, was that the right choice? In his mind, obviously not. Um, and I'm not going to put myself in his shoes because I've never been in his shoes, and I'm not a person to do that. So, 
I'm just saying, man, to listen to that was was really eye opening, and I hope that um, you know if some of you guys that watch us are really against that movement, that you at least you know you have empathy for the situation. You understand that there are a lot of people in the world that that go through a lot of shit that you don't go through, and sometimes you got to kind of stop and put yourself in their shoes and say, hey. And he even said that he even said about his parents. That was another great takeaway. You know, he said about his parents, like, man, I understand what they, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes so I don't hate them. That's what he said. That was his words. Um, so he said, I understand they made a choice. And 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 that's I think if more people would do that and try to understand the choices that people make instead of just hate them for for the choices. We would be better off and more understanding. And, and again, it's not that, and he still disagrees with their choice. Very much so, obviously. And that's his right to do so. And it's your right to disagree with anything. But if you just put yourself in another person's shoes, understand, try to understand why they made the choice. I think that that makes a lot of difference in life. And I think if more people would do that, we would have more productive conversations like this. What's the next interview going to be about? <laughs> What's going to be next on the old Bastards of Babylon agenda? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to leave that get, to you. I'll get into some arguments online, and I'll, I'll bring them in. There you go. I'll bring them in. I know one thing we could talk Abortion. about is – Yeah, we could talk about I mean, that. <laughs> I can definitely get a crazy lady on here talking about abortion. No doubt. Yeah, and I have mixed feelings on that myself. So we can, we can definitely have a big conversation on that for sure. Um, yep. I know one thing we could talk about is um, the Dwayne Haskins toxicology report came out today and turns out that, you know, he had a blood alcohol of 0.24 and had um, also some pretty heavy drugs in his system. Um, and that's why he we got to reset. We need to reset who Dwayne Haskins is uh, for people that don't know. It, um, Sorry, former, former former NFL quarterback. Yeah, former first round quarterback played for the Washington Redskins, and then career kind of flamed out. And ended up on the Pittsburgh Steelers as a backup. Never really made full potential, um, and tragically was killed. Um, uh, and, you know, we talked about earlier, I, I, these details were new to me. I had no idea about most of these details um, that came out with his surrounding his death, which I think is kind of a new story in itself. Yeah, I mean, how how information gets held for certain people doesn't get held for other people. The why's, the what's, the where's and all, and all that. It's just interesting how narratives develop around certain people's either deaths or transactions or transgressions. And it's very, it's, let's, just, let's just call it interesting how these narratives build or don't build around certain people. It is interesting. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to speak on how long it got held, why it got held or whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how long the toxicology report takes. I'm not a coroner. Um, I don't have any medical degree background whatsoever. Shocker. Um, but hmm. what I will say is this, there's certain things that, you know, when you hear situations, you just say them out loud. 
they don't make any fucking sense, right? So supposedly when it happened, he'd been in, I think, Miami or somewhere in Florida, practicing with teammates, working hard, getting better and all this stuff. And then on his way to the airport at 6 o'clock in the morning, he ran out of gas on a freeway in Florida that was described as basically if you live in the DFW area, something something like 635. And then he tried to cross the whole highway and got hit mm-hmm. by a dump truck and then got hit by another car and was obviously dead again, tragically. Now, if you just play that out in your mind and then there were people that were, that said some things that were, and I agree with, they were, insensitive at the time they didn't need to be said uh gil brant being one of them uh adam scheffler tweeted something that probably shouldn't have been tweeted 100 i agree what what irks me though is that the online community and the media community just totally kind of you don't have to ignore it and you don't have to state it but you don't have to obviously over publicize or over try to I guess deep. Um, you don't have you don't have to say that something was such a overt tragedy or whatever that there can be no questions. I guess is my point. Like there could be questions. Like my first question was, okay, he ran out of gas on the way to the airport. He's you know rich. He's famous. He's obviously in a rental car because he doesn't live there. We've all been in a rental car on the way back to the airport. Maybe he didn't want to fucking fill up with gas. Maybe he's like, fuck it. I'm going to leave it empty. They can charge me whatever. I'm rich. I don't give a shit. Cool. Been there. Done it. Uh, Ran out of gas. But you're on that kind of highway. Why wouldn't you just say, ah, fuck. Uh, AAA, OnStar, whatever. All those rental cars come with that shit. There's a number. You can just call the fucking rental car and they'll, they'll bring you somebody and put your gas in it. Plus, you know, he has insurance. You know, he's probably, he pays for all that shit. So he could just easily have gotten gas. No worries there, right? But he wanders into traffic, and yet we're supposed to not think that something strange about that or not question the fact that he did that when, I mean, it just, I mean, if you say it out loud, he wandered into traffic at six o'clock in the goddamn morning, which again, Early flight, fine. Maybe you say, well, he panicked because he had, he had to catch this flight. Why do you have to catch the flight? He's rich. What do you have, a fucking doctor's appointment? It's the off season. It's not like he's going to miss practice. He's down there practicing. There was nothing that you knew he had to go do, but speaking engagement, whatever. Okay. You make a phone call to your agent. Hey, bro, I'm not going to make it. I'm sorry I ran out of gas. I'm going to miss a flight. Please apologize, blah, blah, blah. It's a fucking phone call. This dude wandering in traffic, and everybody's supposed to act like, he, you know, everything's just fine. He was just, oh, that's just, you know, some somehow this just happened. Like, no, dude, you knew, you knew already, you knew already that something weird was going on. I don't have, to, you don't have to assume that he's drunk. You don't have to assume that he's fucking high. But you knew something was wrong. That's not a normal. That's not a normal behavior. So I don't understand why, you know, we have to just act like. 
oh, everything's cool and whatever. He did no wrong. Like, no, dude, the dude was drunk as shit and he was high. And quite honestly, he's lucky that it was only him that died and that he didn't kill somebody on the way to the airport and that in wandering in traffic, he didn't make a fucking car swerve off the road and kill themselves. Because what would the narrative be then? You know, he'd be going to fucking prison and he'd have a, you know, a life on his conscience. Now it's only his life. And that is very tragic. He's a young man. He didn't deserve to die for sure. But he made choices. He made a mistake and it cost him his life. It's very sad. I just don't understand I, why we can't. I can't stand any the truth. I can't stand any narratives that, that build up about any situation. I'm so sick of the either whether it's. Whether it's a player on your favorite team that did something wrong and, and killed somebody or, or got killed or got drunk or whatever, like the, the narratives that build around your quote unquote team or that guy, that guy's on my and you and the team could be like, oh, it's a white guy. I'm not going to I'm not I'm going to be careful with the narratives because it's a white guy, but I'm going to be real loose in my narratives when it's a black guy. Or vice versa. I'm gonna be real careful with narrative because it's a black guy and real loose with a white guy. Or I'm gonna be real careful with uh with narratives built on, you know, the the team across the, the country. But if it's something that happens to my team right here at home, I'm gonna be real tight with my narratives. All that shit, much like what we talked about with, with the interview we just had, like that leads to nothing. If we can't all just get information, gather this is the way it used to work. You gather information as it comes in. You don't believe or disregard any of it immediately. You continue to take it in. You continue to gather the facts. And then eventually, through time, you build the narrative out of the truth of the situation. Not what you want it to be because it's this or that. It's just the whole narrative building and the instant, the fucking instant um, judgments that, that happens on social media is the worst thing that is happening. And... You're right. Some things get held um, in certain situations because it's it doesn't. We don't want to put that out there. That just wouldn't be right. And then some things are let out immediately because well, we do want that out there. And it's either right or wrong. So that you know, the narratives fucking drive me crazy. Just take every case, whether it's your favorite player, your favorite team, your fucking favorite, your favorite skin color. If you're even if you're a racist and you got a favorite skin color and they do something bad, like if a white guy shoots something up, that's fucking terrible. Call it out. When a black person shoots people up, call it out. It's all awful. It's the same. So just if you know, I just can't stand the the my team, the my team mentality. Is this ruining? Uh, I mean, if social media is ruined, anyways, but like that—that's a big problem on social media and these these breaking news stories that come out, and you don't really know if you're getting all the truth at all, or if it's just building narratives out of what people want the narratives to be. So I think it's gross, personally. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, <clears throat> it's no different to me than the fucking Deshaun Watson thing. Like, I don't know what he did or we didn't do with these ladies, right? He wasn't brought up on any criminal charges they just missed those but here's what i will say this dude brought 50 some odd chicks i think we're up to at this point <clears throat> flew them in across the country mm. right <laughs> and then for a massage found them all on instagram mm -hmm. his own lawyer his own lawyer wanted to bring up over 20 of them to say they had consensual sex he was consensually sexed right 
So mm-hmm. 20 of them consensual sex were 20 whatever. And then the other 20 whatever said he tried to, you know, molest them. So you either believe that he tried to do the same thing with all 50, which is more likely than not, or you believe that the dude batted a thousand. And he's like, I only picked these 25 and these 25, I'll jump right on my dick. Now he's, he's a, a good pimp. looking, he's a good looking man and he's rich and he's famous. <laughs> so I'm not saying he can't bat a thousand, but what I am saying don't is forget, don't forget about the eye thing. Bo yeah. Cephas, but you know, he, you he's laying, he's laying on one side. He probably, he probably laid on his right side. They couldn't see the left side, whatever he did. It's got the droop. <laughs> <laughs> but you either believe this man batted a thousand with every chick he tried to bang that he brought in, or you believe he Funny. bought about 500. And, you know, that's probably pretty good for him. Longhorn, if you and I flew 50 chicks in from across the country mm-hmm. from Instagram, I'd hope we could get above the Mendoza line, but I'd fucking doubt it. Since we turned around and showed our little white peckers, they'd be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Right? Well, this dude. Well, I'm not I'm not Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what Mendoza line means, but <laughs> I'd like to think that – I'd like to think I'd be around that Watson line for sure. So, I mean, that's just me yeah, personally. I, I, you know, I love you, but I don't have that much faith in you. Do you see any point. droops in these eyes? Do you see any – no, okay? <laughs> Fucking 1,000% knocking it out. All right, he says he's going to bat a thousand. I'll say I'll bat around two. I'll say two oh five. I'll put myself just above the Mendoza line. I'm a pretty good looking guy. I think I bat about two oh five. But the bottom line is, uh, you either believe that he batted a thousand, or you believe that the reality is he tried to do it with all these chicks, and half the time didn't fucking work out, which is probably pretty realistic. Now, well, I will throw a bone to Deshaun Watson. And I don't want to go too hard on these ladies, but I'm just these ladies. But I will say this. Okay, mm. none of these ladies were fucking world-renowned masseuses. They were fucking Instagram people that said they did massages, right? None of these were like fucking, you know, doctors or any fucking like physical therapists or whatever. They all got flown mm-hmm. in. Okay, if a man flies you across the country, to give, you mas- give him a massage in his own house. I'm not saying that you should expect to be raped, so please don't get this twisted. Mm-hmm. However, Whoa, this went- <laughs> however, uh-huh. you probably are expecting something a little more, more than size. Now, I'm not expecting sex, but probably you're expecting, hopefully, if this goes well, he's rich, he's famous, he's handsome. Maybe he takes me out to a fun dinner. Maybe he takes me out for a drink. Maybe he takes me out on a nice date. Maybe we hit it off. Maybe we start a relationship. Maybe this is the man of my dreams. Maybe nah. I have a relate, you know, maybe something spawns out of this. And that's probably what the other half of these ladies were really hoping for. Like, hey, hopefully this goes well. Or if nothing else, maybe I get a rich, famous uh, client that really boosts my business. I say, hey, I'm the personal masseuse for Deshaun Watson. And I can get more clients because I'm the personal suit for Deshaun Watson. That's as low as I'm going to go, ladies. All right. That's, that's as little as fucking I'm going to give you. If that was the bottom line of your hope, that's fine. But at minimum, that was the bottom line of your hope. Secondly, you're probably hoping for, like I said, a date, probably a relationship. That Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Right? 
But he then, went straight for the rub and tug. He went straight for the rub and tug, and he batted five hundred, <laughs> and he batted five hundred, and even the even his fucking testimony that the one lady left crying, and he even sent her text message. They showed the text message. He admitted it was his. Hey, sorry you cried. I don't know why you cried. There's, I'm there's sorry. No crying got- in in massaging. There's no crying in the rubbing tugs. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. But anyway, he's like, I'm sorry you're uncomfortable. For whatever reason, you're uncomfortable. Hope we can work together again. All in all, again, just like the just like the Hassans things, like, gosh, you just got to fucking think about it just a little bit logically and come to the conclusion that more likely than not, he showed his fucking big dick to all of them. And half the time, it didn't fucking That's- go well. Which is still objection. Objection. Ob- objection. Speculation. You don't know the size of his dick. <laughs> uh, well, I hope for his or sake. that it's black. I mean, you don't know. It could. That is true on have both you counts. Seen it? I personally have not. He never. He never. You were, know, you, I, were you flown in? I did slide into his DMs. He did not invite me. And I told him, like, look, man, I'm really good with the thumbs. I'm really good. And he mm-hmm. never fucking contacted me. So maybe I should get into the lawsuit. Racist. Uh, he, doesn't like, he doesn't like little white boys. Obviously not. That son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my point is, guys, just, like, when shit like that happens, use your comments. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, whatever. The court's going to find whatever the court's going to find. You don't have to be. Judge, uh, judge, judge, and execu- judge, jury, and executioner, right? It doesn't matter what you think, but like, don't just vehemently defend a dude just because, ah, oh, you know, these bitches are just out for whatever, a yeah, or whatever, yeah. whatever your reasoning, like, mm-hmm. just follow the logic. If, if he'd have flown 50 in and all 50 of them said this shit and none of the consensual sex should ever happen, none of the, then yes, I'd be on his side. Like, man, man, fuck those bitches. Like, they're all looking for a fucking paycheck. But when you admit to fucking banging half of them, and the other half say, hey, fucking flopped his dick at me, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't come here for all this. Or I did come here for this, but, you know, after dinner, you son of a I, bitch. Whatever. I do kind of <laughs> hope it goes. I do kind of hope it goes away, though. Like selfishly, I just want football to be like awesome and him to be on the field. So, um, you know, kind of yeah. wish the story would just go away. And we'll close with this: uh, Vegas. If you look at the lines, early lines, they are playing some shitty team of the Browns. But being the fact that Baker is not going to report to OTAs, I very seriously doubt he ever takes a snap in a Browns uniform again. Vegas is expecting Sean Watson to play. All 17 games, there is no suspension in those spreads. So if you're a Browns fan or if you want to bet the Browns over under wins, it's probably looking pretty good for you. We'll fucking see. Uh, But, yeah, so that's been episode of three of the Bastards of Babylon. Uh, We hope you fucking enjoyed it. Really hope you enjoyed the interview. And, again, um, three. Shocker three. (laughs) (laughs) Zidjam in three. Buddy, what do you always say? Uh, we don't, uh, we don't, we don't cancel. We what? We don't cancel here at the Bastards of Babylon. We invite, and if you liked what we did, and you want to see more of that, you have got to do your part. You got to share, subscribe, send it to everybody you know. Don't be scared. Don't don't be scared. Like, oh, these guys talk to a tranny, and that's I don't I don't know if I can send that. Yes, send it. 
Everybody's going to enjoy. It was fantastic. We need to do more stuff like that. So send it out there to everybody you know. Like, subscribe, share, do all the good stuff so that we can do more of that, bring more of this awesomeness to you every single week. Absolutely. And guys, we promise you, we're always going to be fair. We're going to shoot you straight down the middle. We got our opinions. Other people got theirs. We just want to hear them. We want to hear your opinions. We want you to watch the show. Disagree with us. Right in, man. If you're watching, you got an opinion, you got something strong you want to stand about, you want to get on the show, fucking tell us about it. Tell us about it. Right in. Man, we'll have Bring you it fucking on. on. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. We, we'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> we'd love to talk to you about it. Don't you ever fucking say the Babe Ruth wasn't left-handed. Somebody tried to not make him left-handed. I swear <laughs> to fucking God. I don't know why I went so left on that, but I did. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, boys and girls, that was episode three of uh, The Bachelor's Babylon, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>